All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode. This is the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith. I started this podcast because I believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, it could be personal, that requires you to create change. I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood, but the people who get our attention and convince, persuade, or influence us, they're not always just salespeople. I think there are great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so that we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately we'll all become better at selling by being human. Okay, gang, Um, this uh, person that we got on the podcast today jumped right out at me um, just in a matter of seconds. He's a a guy, uh, you know, I think a super likable guy that you can meet in in a few seconds. He happens to be a CEO of a company called Sales Pitching. Um, you know, business leaders always talk about generating leads and closing when it comes to selling. It's critical, but the, a lot of people forget it's really all about the pitch, the presentation. So he helps people distill your life's work into a 45-second elevator ride or 30-minute Zoom meeting. He has 20 years of experience in developing sales presentations and increasing revenue for globally, globally recognized brands. And he'll rebuild your pitch and teach your team how to effectively deliver it. This guy has, um, you know, sold things on cruise lines. He's, um, you know, worked uh, in all sorts of sales leadership positions. I'm so excited, gang, to welcome none other than Nick Caposi to the podcast. Welcome, Nick. What an intro! What's going on, handsome? How you doing, Alex? <laughs> um, I am doing awesome. Um, you know. Uh, I would say the same thing about you. So we got, you know, if you're if you're listening to this, you can't see us, but um, just take our word for it that uh, Nick, uh, what he said is true. Alex is very handsome, very handsome fellow. <laughs> well, um, you know what, uh, man, uh, we're going to talk to Nick about a lot of things. Um, you know, Nick again, yeah, he helps people with their pitch, and a lot of people, um, you know, may. Um, you know that are listening like they're they're not in sales necessarily they're um just you know in, in their day-to-day and they don't consider what they're doing pitching um and some sales reps um you know we can talk about that word uh, about what it means to to you nick and 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 what it means um to to sales but um you know in the beginning before we get all to that i, I want people to just know you um I, i'm i'm trying to let as many people in the world know about this dude just because um i met this guy in a sales coaching session and he just kind of jumped off for a lot of reasons just because of how he could con- quickly connect to people in a matter of of just literally seconds off of you know kind of what he finds on linkedin and we'll talk about how he does that but my first question for you nick man um you know, you, um, you know, be, you, you worked on cruise lines, um, you now uh, are a CEO of a company. Just tell us the story of this unique human being that we get to hear from today. What can people learn, you think, from your story, Nick? And where All you, right, let me, let me see. I'm going to put a timer on. Let me see what I can give you in 45 seconds. <laughs> I will, he's I will. dead serious. He, he, he's, he's that good guy, gang. Well, I listen, this is not, this is not, uh, no, I'll see what I can say in 45 seconds. Okay, yeah. here we go. Three, two, one. So I was born and raised in Montreal. I knew two things when I was a kid. One is I hated winter. The other was I was going to work in radio. Everything I did was to get into radio. Worked in radio and TV for five years in Toronto. And then one day someone said, can you do that radio thing on a stage? Next thing I know, I'm standing on a cruise ship in Miami. Spent 20 years in the cruise business. 
we were live pitch presenters. I would sell duty free and I would pitch everything from liquor, tobacco, Swiss watches, jewelry um, to about 500 people at a time. I've got about 20,000 hours of doing that. Wound up running duty free for eight cruise lines, got out about a year ago. And now I do a lot of things with sales. I do work on people's presentations because I spent a lot of time doing that, but I've done a lot of things in sales and marketing. So, um, and I'm also, you know, global guy all those years on the cruise ships. There you go, man. There's, that's 45 seconds, brother. Oh my goodness, gang. I mean, I can't even break that down. I just want to say like, I knew in the beginning, um, you, 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 you probably know the framework, right? Like you've been doing that a million times. Like, can you just quickly break down the framework of what you just did there? Like, what are the key elements of what you just said right there? So for people listening, like how could they frame their own stories, whether it be 45 seconds or a minute and a half? So I think, you know, it's easy for me to walk in and say, oh, I'm a radio cruise ship guy. That's that's kind of distinct. That's, you know, don't you don't really need to brand that. That's kind of set up yeah. for you. Um, just because it's interesting stories, right? But what's your story? And, you know, people, I think, forget sometimes, you know, maybe they took a course in college, which became super relevant and put them on a different trajectory in their career. Maybe someone, um, you know, played uh, an elite level sport and gave them a competitive advantage. How do you weave those things in? And if you don't have something, you do. And that's one of the things I do. Actually, I got a, a video I'll, I'll drop in uh, January on LinkedIn about how to find Easter eggs in someone's LinkedIn profile, right? So what are those things? Where are you from? Where'd you go to school? Oh, you lived in this city. That's interesting. So did I. Oh, you took this three-day course on, you know, ABC. What, what did you learn out of it? Oh, I see that you're, uh, you know, you have some uh, some affiliations here or, or some accreditations. Oh, you coach minor hockey? No way. Where did you coach minor hockey? So, you know, I think sometimes we get so snowblind and so focused on what we think people want to hear or from a business perspective. But the reality is people want to know your story. That's how you connect with people, right? You know, what, what's your story? What's interesting about the person I'm about to talk to? And we all have them. Even if you don't think you do, you do. Totally. I, I totally agree. You know, sometimes we get, and where I, I want to go deeper with you is that some people kind of um, have trouble just staying so high level and they don't know, they feel like, okay, not everyone wants to go deep into their story. And like, how, how can I connect to someone that quickly like you did? But I think what I'm hearing and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, you don't just go like, oh, wow. Like you went to university of Toronto. That's awesome. You, you actually go like, like, tell me what that was like, or like, you know, like what, what was it like growing up in, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, or no way, like you're from there. Well, like, what's your favorite restaurant there? Like, and you know, people always like, that's just a next level of just being curious. I've had a lot of people come on the uh, podcast and say sales is all about being curious, but like, you're not even saying using that information for like any sort of sale, you know, you're just using that information to get people talking, I think, because people like to do it. Am I wrong? Or what are you thinking no, you about? nailed it and it wasn't you know purposeful how this kind of developed but it became you know really what i hang my hat on and the reason was was that you know i'm a 22 23 year old pimple faced kid on a cruise ship and you know technically i worked in the hotel department and the closest thing we had to a day off was embarkation day other departments that was like their 16 hour day but us, it was embarkation so the day oh, embarkation okay yeah the day everyone gets on the gotcha, ship, gotcha. ship in miami so you're transitioning four thousand people 
And, you know, most people that were in my kind of space would hang out in their little tiny cabin and watch movies all day. And I'm like, that's boring. So, you know, what I would do is you know, new guests would come on around noon. So I'd, I'd go and run errands in Miami or whatever home port I was in for, you know, a couple hours. Um, but then I, I'd put a suit on and I'd stand at the gangway and just be like, hey, welcome aboard. Where are you from? Oh, where are you visiting from? Because I realized, you know, very early on, you know, growing up in Canada gave me a slightly different perspective. What's interesting about Americans is that, it's, it, you know, and I'm an American now, very proud American. We're very tribal, you know, and, and we show it. And what I mean by that is, you know, after ourselves and our loved ones, what we love talking about is where we're from. So, you know, and you wear your colors. I'm wearing my Arizona state, you know, um, man, that, there's probably a, a term for that maroon color they wear that I don't know. And now I've painted myself into a corner, but you know what I mean? It's Burgundy? like, hey, oh, okay. sure, whatever, <laughs> old, right? Not, not University of Arizona. No, forget the Wildcats. No, those gatos, no way. Um, and I think, you know, when you have all these people, like 4,000 people coming onto a cruise ship and literally as they're coming on, on up the gangway, they're all from different places. Right. So that was an easy way to connect and build rapport. Part of it was, it was just super interesting to me. The other part of it was that, you know, I was one department, I was selling duty-free products, right? Liquor, tobacco, Swiss watches, whatever. And, um, but I'm competing against the spa. That's another department that's trying to take your vacation dollar, the casino, another department trying to take your vacation dollar, the restaurants. So I had an unfair advantage in that, you know, um, I was a Canadian and the reality and from an unfair advantage from a sales perspective, because the reality was, was that on an entire cruise ship crew, you maybe, maybe had five to 10 Canadians and Americans. Um, and I don't know why that was. It was just interesting. There was always way more Canadians. Maybe we were trying to escape the winter. That's why I hated winter as a kid. Um, but the reality was, was that, you know, uh, Americans identified with me right away where a lot of the crew was more international. So it was easy for me to be the face of, oh, there's that guy, Nick, that, you know what? He helped me find my stateroom on day one. Where's he at now? Oh, he has a presentation tomorrow. Let's go see that guy, Nick. And, um, you know, it was, it, it was just, that's where the report building came from. And I started to build this database in my head of, what are the best things to eat in a certain state or, and, and I think when people say that they try and, or they think about it, they're like, yeah, th I got to boil the ocean to have that database of information, but you don't. How many cities in the U S are you really selling into regularly? 20, 25, Denver, San Francisco, Seattle, Miami. What do you know about those cities? Maybe it's food. Maybe it's events. Maybe it's festivals. Maybe it's, you know, the, the best beaches. I, it can be anything you want, but find what works for you. And then like literally write out, okay, here's 25 cities. Here's five things I know about them. And you know, you do that for an hour and a half and suddenly it changes your whole dynamic of 2021 of how you build rapport with prospects. Yeah. Do you find that like, it's, it's, it's kind of an, you're playing like an infinite game a little bit because like every, every, time you throw something out like what do you think about this restaurant or i i, I gotta get this uh sandwich when I, when i go right and then they go oh no you gotta do this one you know nick you you, you know you you don't really know the real like you you think jim's is the best cheesesteak in philly no you gotta go to john's roast pork my man and get the you know like like roasted pork with uh you know sharp provolone and broccoli rob you know like you, you don't know what you're that's the best sandwich in philly and i, I happen to be from philly um but i heard um, steve's is the best cheesesteak i heard it's steve's i don't even i have never even heard of that but like you know it's so funny though but like you learn so many 
things, right? Like it's almost like you're playing volleyball or whatever, ping pong, because like you're you're just building upon, you know, if you're truly just like, hey, I want to throw something out there and see if someone grabs onto it, you're just constantly building that database with everybody that you offer that information with, right? hundred percent. And for me, it became global because I'd have people from the UK and people from Japan and people from Australia and people from yeah. all over the world sailing. So just all those years, all those repetitions of asking those questions, obviously, you know, I, I could, I could sit down and write a book about interesting things about interesting, but maybe I should do that. Hold on. Let me yeah. write that down. Um, yeah. But um, you're right. There, there is a, you know, volleying thing to it, but you know, it was even more interesting was like, you know, I was a, especially on a cruise ship because I it was hard to get like a football game or a hockey game or whatever. So, um, you know, I'd always be, when I had internet access, I'd be on apps and checking scores. And, oh, you're from Boston? You're not a Bruins fan, are you? I hate the, oh, yeah, I am a Bruins fan. But then, you know, <laughs> the playoffs are going on and, and the guy would come to me at my desk every night and say, hey, Nick, can you check the score of the Bruins game for me? Or did the Bruins win? Who scored? Well, now I went from talking to this guy in the gangway, right, opening him up about the Bruins, because I want to talk about that. I want to talk trash about the Bruins. The Bruins suck. Okay, they don't really. But <laughs> I, I like to think that we do as a Montreal Canadiens fan. Um, there you go. But, um, you know, what happens now is now I'm going to have 12, 20, 30 interactions with this person. And by the end of the week, he's going to buy something from me, right? It might be a, a bottle of Johnny Walker. It might be a $5,000 Swiss watch. I don't know. But the reality is he's going to want to buy something from me because he's just spent so much time in the sphere that I had around this duty-free, right? And here's the funny thing. I never talked about what I was selling. I would answer questions. I never talked about it. And more importantly, I never asked for a sale. I know. I would just get people wanting to talk to me. And, and, you know, where does that blossom from there? Because I didn't want to sell. I wanted to talk to people. Yeah. But I was one of the best one of the best sales guys, um, you know, because of it. And, and I said something actually in the five on Friday where you and I first met um, that I think is interesting, you know, when it comes to, you know, I was so B2C and so much on relationship building. And then, you know, I get off cruise ships and I'm getting into all these, you know, events and networking and understanding the B2B process. And it caught me off guard, right? People go right into this demo or it's, here's the agenda. Let's go right into a demo. And it's like, man, can you, can you warm me up a little bit? You know, even if it's two minutes. And then people countered, okay, well, actually there's data that proves that that's not a good idea. Right. Because you're like, oh, you're in Chicago. How's the weather? And that's, you know, so now the person's like, well, that was, okay, that's the best you got. But if I'm talking to someone in Chicago, I'm looking up last night. Did the, well, first I'm looking at their LinkedIn profile. Oh, this guy coached hockey. Let me check the Chicago Blackhawks score. Hey, the Hawks won last night. Yeah, they did. I was actually at the game, right? I've lost count of how many times that I've just thrown something out there about where they're located and it changes the whole dynamic of the conversation. And the reason is, is that, you know, if someone's looking at your product, Alex, the reality is they're probably looking at nine other competitors. So there's 10 options on the table. If I build rapport and I'm, I'm not, I guess I'm doing it strategically, but for me, it's just wanting to talk to people. But if I build that rapport and now you and I become a little bit chummy right now, maybe I'm in the top three just because of the relationship that I've built with you. And now maybe you're feeding me a little bit of information. Now maybe you're like, hey, Nick, listen, you know, so look, everyone's pretty close on price, but you're just a smidge high. Can you do anything about that? These are advantages that I would not have had if I didn't start talking about the Chicago Blackhawks. Right? Yeah. 
You know, it, man, it's, it's so true. Sometimes people think, oh, well, that's like kind of like, like that's cheap or that's fake. Like he's just using like something like he doesn't really care about, but it's like, no, like it's, that's the stuff that, you know, he's, tr he's just trying to throw, he's just, he's doing, a, you don't have to do a ton of research for, for this stuff to resonate. He's just, you know, knowing that, Hey, I, I can do more than just say, oh, like, I see that you went to this school or, oh, I see that you're from there. Like, maybe throw something out and see if someone pulls on it. And if not, there's probably tons of other things that you can try to pull on, you know, and and, and when someone does, it it can take you to some, you know, great places, I and, think. And the reality is not everyone's going to want to, you know, no. chat a little bit. But the thing is, is that at least if you give them the opportunity but find something interesting, go beyond the weather, right? And again, form it to what you're interested in. You know, like I'm, you know, I grew up a, a baseball fan. So, you know, again, in this five on Friday, I was talking to Patrick and this is kind of where, you know, we, we started talking about building rapport and I said, okay, let me just, you know, shoot the breeze with Patrick here. And I'm like, oh, you're in Tampa. Are you a Rays fan? Tough being a Rays fan, right? I mean, that's the, I would say the original AAA team for every other team in baseball, but I'm wearing a Montreal Expos hat. So I know your pain. And right there, the dynamic shifts, right? And maybe he's not a baseball fan. Maybe he's like, nah, I'm not really a race fan. Okay. You know, I, I've spent a lot of time in Tampa, though. Ybor City is a great place to go hang out, right? Do you, you ever go out to, to you know, hang out in Tampa, like pre-COVID? No. Yeah. Okay, no worries. So let's, you know, let's go into the agenda, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So, so if, you know, some sometimes you shoot and you miss, but that's okay. But the point is, is just how do you approach it? And then how do you just pivot into okay, no worries. Hey, listen, nothing there. I, I scratched and, and there, there was nothing to itch. So, um, you know, let, now let's talk about the agenda. Right? Yeah. Well, let me, before we get into like, you know, how this is, you, 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 um, you know, really went a lot about how this has shown up in your professional career before we get there to like some tactical stuff, even more of that. Like, did you learn this from somebody at an early age? Did you witness people doing this really, really well? Like, you know, in, 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 in maybe not in a business sense, like how, how was it like, how was life kind of growing up for you and where you did in, in, in Canada? Like, did you see this from your family members, your friends, where did you first learn that like, Hey, maybe there's something to this. Like, was it the cruise line or was it somewhere else? No, it was before. So interesting. I grew up with um, my grandfather uh, was a politician in Montreal. Mm. So I was at events at, you know, five years old. Um, not really knowing what was going on and not really being interested, but I knew that, you know, my grandfather was very magnetic and then my father was just as magnetic and he, he was a business guy and he used it in business, but it was very, you know, localized to the area. The cruise ship definitely gave me the global perspective and then how to, how to kind of, you know, initiate these conversations. But the reality is when I look at my grandfather, who's a politician, because he loved talking to people. He loved getting to know people. My dad was, you know, very charismatic because he wanted to talk to people, right? He was an only child. He just wanted to get to know people and hang out with people and build relationships. So it came from a very genuine place. But the other thing that's really interesting, and if you're listening to this and you haven't been to Montreal, Montreal was such an incredible place for me to grow up. And the reason is, is that it's a European city. Now, there's more European cities in North America, like Quebec City, you're you're essentially in, you're a lot closer to France than you are to an American city. But Montreal was this hybrid of a European and North American city. And growing up in that environment changed a lot of things for me and just gave me more things to talk about that, you know, maybe other people didn't. 
right? So had I, I live in Phoenix, Arizona now, had I, had I grown up in Phoenix, Arizona, you know, I might talk a lot about, you know, the Arizona State Sun Devils and about, oh man, where do you hike, right? Because everyone hikes here in Phoenix because the hiking's amazing. And oh, have you been to uh, up to Pine Top or up to Flagstaff, up to the mountains, right? Up into the pine trees here. Um, but growing up in Montreal, a European city, when I was a kid in high school, like we were talking about architecture, right? Like we, we, we found architecture super interesting, which, which a lot of people that I've met subsequent, uh, you know, it's like, oh, I wasn't interested in architecture at 14 or museums or art or what was appealing. These were discussions we would have with our friends, not just, hey, the Montreal kids watched the fight last night when the, when, you know, when the Boston Bruin got beat up by Chris Nyland, you know, of the Montreal Canadiens. Sorry, I'm picking on Boston here a little bit. Um, but, you know, that that gave me such a, a unique advantage. And that's something, too, that I that I that I. I think is a missed opportunity for a lot of people who didn't grow up in the U S is how do you take whatever kind of international flavor you had and then apply it to your conversations and relationship building. And some people are very good at it, but some people, you know, really want to kind of jump into the melting pot that is America. Um, but there's something about, you know, distinct upbringings compared to everyone else that there's a lot of talking points there and things that, you know, you can turn into interesting stories if, if you don't already. So, yeah, that's so cool. Like, I, I think like, yeah, when you have that diverse background and you kind of see a lot of different cultures, um, you know, maybe that shows you like how interesting people are. It gives you like a, it doesn't close you off to what's off, you know, available to the world and to you and, and to your mind. Like you're, you're constantly thinking about like, Hey, like, what is this? What makes this person tick? I mean, like, what, what really? Again, what is their story? Everyone has one, but people sometimes don't really know how to um, ver verbalize it, or people don't give them the space to verbalize it. And I feel like you give people that space. Like the best people on, you know, any trip you've ever been on when you're at a hotel or at a restaurant, if they're like sitting there and like opening up space for you to talk about you, like what we all do, we all want to like we all want to talk about us, but maybe people aren't asking us the right questions to get that out of us. Right. Like, so. Well, there's um, ways to, to lay down breadcrumbs to get people to ask you the question. So, I mean, that's one thing when I talk to people about, you know, they're like 30 minute zoom presentation. It's, you know, I always say, okay, you want to have a couple minutes of rapport building and then your presentation better be like eight minutes. But what you want to do in that presentation is highlight things and lay out the breadcrumbs for them to ask you the questions that you want them to ask. So one, you're involving them, but two, you're also kind of, you know, lobbing your, yourself some softballs, if you will. Um, and that to me is a, is a great way to, to have the dynamic go back and forth. Uh, Cause I do sit in on a lot of presentations and it's a lot of just talking at people, right. Or are you following? Does this make sense? Are you with me? I mean, that's not an engaged person, right? So the reality is, especially in the zoom world, especially if they don't have their camera on, they're on another screen, man. They're looking at something else. They're, they're, you know, they got Instagram on their phone. They got LinkedIn on their, on their browser. Yeah, that's true. You know, true. are they focused on you? So what's the point of doing the demo if they're not really focused, if they're just mailing it in, why are you there? But if they are mailing it in, how do you, how do you pull them in to kind of take you seriously a little bit? Right? Yeah. Can we talk about that? Let's transition to like some, you know, kind of uh, tactical stuff that people can do. Like, you know, if people are, 
getting the feeling like, hey, maybe they're talking too much or their people aren't like, maybe this is, this could be not in a presentation. This should just be like talking with somebody like, you know, and, and you, you get a feeling like they're thinking, like they're giving you signs that they're just not all there. They're not asking questions. How do you bring people back in in a way that really engages them? Is it, you know, without making them feel threatened that like, you know, does this make sense? You know, that sort of thing, or, Hey, are you, are you with me? Like, are you, are, am I, uh, am, am so, I making you go to sleep here? <laughs> so, you know, and I, and I will fully disclose, you know, I sit on a lot of these B2Bs now, but I was always, it was a one-way conversation when I was on stage holding a microphone, I would talk for 60 minutes about yeah. however many products. So there was, the, but with the advantage I did have was I was reading 500 people's body language at the same time. Mm, right. So yeah, that's how I had to, how, how I had to adjust. But if you, if, you know, one of the things that, that, and I'm sure a lot of people do it, but it seems every time I ask, if you do this, people say, no, I write down great questions. What, what's, what's a great question that someone asked in this demo. And then I, I build a database of that and it might be 10 questions and, you know, it's then easy to lob it, lob it back to you and say, Hey, Alex, so this is a question that we actually get a lot, um, you know, and it's ABC. Right. So one is, again, it's kind of going back. It, it's not laying the breadcrumb. It's like literally hand feeding them the breadcrumb. But it's the same idea that, you know, what what do people who are engaged in the conversation actually ask about this? Because um, I'll be honest with you, I, I and I don't do this very often, but I have been in conversations where someone wasn't engaged and I'll either make an excuse to get off the call or I'll say, you know, listen, frankly, Alex, you know, just as we're kind of going through this, I don't know that that this seems like it might be a good fit for you. Do you want me to continue or, you know, and, and, you know, I think there's, there's um, that it's a bit refreshing for people because, you, know, you know, I, it's not calling them out, but it's, it's look, let me, let me get your temperature right on, on where we are. Cause I, you know, again, when I, I got 20,000 hours of being live on a stage. I, I have so much body language. For me, it's easy to identify, is Alex engaged right now? I'm looking at your eyes. I'm looking at your eyebrows. I'm looking at, you know, the way your lips just curled up. I'm looking at how you're acknowledging what I'm saying by nodding. I'm looking at how, I can't even help these things anymore. Sorry, just <laughs> repositioning yourself if you're only listening. But, but it's, it's relevant, right? Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, just maintaining engagement throughout right don't talk at people right talk to them right yeah and even with them i would say um wh when uh you know you're right i'm writing that down talk with them. yeah talk with them. you're better yeah. thank you it's a conversation yeah i heard some you know there's a famous sales quote i like you know sales isn't something you to do to people it, it's something you do for and with them you know and it's it's so true it's like um, I think that's, um, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, Anthony Inaranu, I think said it, he's a big sales trainer, but you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, so often, you know, we, um, you know, just if you're in sales or not, and you're just thinking of that word, like, what is it? And I would love for you to define what you think it is. Everyone thinks of it something different. And if you look it up in the uh, in definition, it's, it's just something simple, like, you know, uh, exchanging something of value for, you know, good or service for um, some type of monetary gain or something like that. And um, the exchange of value and that sort of thing. But I, I, I consider it something that is, it's, it's, 
we're creating like there is it, it's it's a two-way thing like it has to be it has to be something we're doing together and you know i'm i'm i can't possibly just think that i'm going to win you over at all costs because i i know that you're a great fit for me because my i i, I saw this on linkedin too like what i think our value prop is even though i think like you're a perfect fit for what we do based on all our research and everything you and you knew who was a perfect fit to buy duty free and everything like that if you went into it assuming i feel like salespeople, we all just assume like that person is a shoe win great fit or they're not and and we just let them go instead of just being like let's take the sale the actual transaction of what we're going to do the money take it off the table and just be like you like i'm just going to get to know you and the sale is just a byproduct of like getting to know each other and that's, that's you're 100 right and that's why i said i never sell right yeah i get people telling me okay dude, i want to buy something from you nick okay what do you want to buy <laughs> all right um <laughs> But, but you're right. And, and, and you know what? This is what it all boils down to. People buy from people they like. I mean, it's the number one rule of sales. So how do you, and people like people who like them, right? Yeah. I'm wired to be excited to talk to you, Alex, the first time that it comes on. But when I'm excited to talk to you, you become subconsciously excited to talk to me. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, let me play devil's advocate for a second, because I've also heard the other side of the coin where people say, you know, yes, people buy from people they like, know, trust, that sort of whole thing, right? But then like they also, I also heard this thing is like, ultimately though, people are going to buy from like, whether or not like what you have is valuable to them. Like, you know, if you're a terrible person, but what you have is like, super awesome they're they they may still buy they may not buy it from you they might request to work from somebody else but like they're still gonna buy and i'm like mm, i don't know like that's, i feel like if you could like if you that, if that's you, if that's you, a very aggressive way of looking at it and i, I know, don't know i know i've heard it like I, I would love you to describe it but like and maybe i'm being over but i've heard the side of like you know if you've read the challenger sale it's a book that kind of every you know is it outlines just kind of like the best salespeople you know, they, they teach, they want to take control of conversations, they tailor options for people, they're, 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 they're guiding people through a buying decision, essentially, and they're not just solely focused on like, I want this person to like me, because, you know, sometimes people think, okay, I'm, 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 I'm so concerned about the, this person liking me that the actual value or the product, you know, is ignored. And so there's the, that balance there. But I'm like, you can't ignore a relationship when you're working with another individual person. So that's part of it. And it depends, so I'd be it depends what you're selling though, Alex. Yeah. The, no, and, and this is sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but go ahead. No, go. Um, you know, the reality is, you know, I brought up earlier, you're trying to get into the top three with the person because they're looking at 10 options. The reality is those 10 options are really similar. Yeah. Yeah. They are. They are. They are. What's what's the here's what makes our product so different. This is what makes our product amazing. It's one thing. It's one feature. The other 99 features are the same. Pretty much. Right. And I'm, I'm painting with a broad brush here, but humor me for, for this point. So the reality is, is that can they live without that one feature that they thought they really needed or ours doesn't do exactly what it wants, but the other 99 are there, but they like you. Right. They're the one they're the one that wants to do business with you when they got to talk to you once a month for the next year as they're, you know, growing with this product or, you know, depends on how the, the company is set up. But my point is, is that 
are you their are you their guy are you their champion are you their person that you know because here's the other thing too this is the worst thing you can do as a salesperson you get someone to like you you get rapport built you get the sale done and then you disappear mm. well then how real were you on the other end right yeah um whenever i sold something i'd be like how's it working out for you and not because like a boss told me to do it yeah you know i'd be like tell me are you happy with it what do you like about it right because especially too if i'm selling someone watches like a five thousand dollar watch nine out of ten times they're super happy one out of ten times and maybe they got buyer's remorse i shouldn't have spent five thousand dollars on this beautiful swiss chronograph i'm like you should have because that would have been six to eight hundred dollars in the states plus tax so yes enjoy it for five thousand dollars um but you know the reality is, is that if they're talking to you about your SAS, the reality is, is that a lot of them are the same. So winning over the person, however you do that, and it's got to be authentic and natural. And, you know, there's guys out there and girls out there who are fantastic salespeople and don't really care, but they're really tactical and they're good at it. But that's not a good feeling for me at the end. When I buy from someone like that, I'll respect the the technical aspects of what they did, but I'm going to leave with a slightly sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. If I buy something from Alex, from Alex Smith, oh shit, I'm happy. Hey, Alex, I just want to let you know, I'm loving your product, buddy. Just reaching out to tell you, you did a great job. Why did yeah. that happen? Because I like Alex. Because Alex built a relationship with me, built rapport with me. Right? Yeah. And, you know, maybe the also the bonuses, and you didn't even try to get this, is, hey, like, you get people saying, can I do anything for you? How can I help you? Just say the word, I gotcha. I'm going to tell somebody the next time, if I, if I come across anybody that is like me, you're the first person I give them, you know, your, so, your name. I bet you've, you've gotten referrals like that, Nick. Buddy, I've had it imagine. happen. I've had it happen a minute where I'll be, you know, I'll sell, you know, someone uh, a diamond ring. And the next thing I know, the four girlfriends that she's traveling with all want that same ring, but in different colors. And suddenly, uh, suddenly a $10,000 sale becomes a $50,000 sale. Wow. Because they were, you got to meet Nick. Right. And why did they have to meet me? Cause I never, I would tell them what I did. Right. And that's, and that's it. You know, the other thing too, is that I would do these live presentations. I was allowed to have the mic go live 15 minutes before. So what other people who did my job do, or people that I, that I trained and would train them out of this they're running around, they're making sure they got their show notes on the podium, they're setting up, you know, their displays, they're running, is my laptop working? Forget that. I got the mic live 15 minutes before that was all done 30 minutes before. Thanks. And then in the 15 minutes, I wouldn't talk about shopping. I wouldn't talk about duty free. I wouldn't talk about why you got to buy uh, Mexican vanilla without alcohol, and you want it to not sit in the sun. So you got to buy it at this store and only this store in Cozumel. I wouldn't talk about any of that. I would just talk to people. Right? I would walk, I would, I would get off the stage where, where I'm unapproachable. Right. Mm -hmm. And I get would get down on their level. I would get on their level and I would, you know, I would talk to them. Where are you from? You know, I'd make jokes. One joke I use all the time. I'm picking on Boston today, but you know, I'd be like, Oh, you know, where's everyone from? Oh, you're from Boston. Are you a Patriots fan? And they go, yeah. And everyone else would boo. And I'd be like, the door's right there. You can exit the theater right now. <laughs> It's right, a comedian. So. It's, it's, I love it. You're, you're warming them up again. What you're doing in the uh, cruise line is kind of how you view Like you're warming people up on a zoom, get people like to go, huh, this guy's, this guy's fun. Like, you know, I don't even care what he's teaching me, but like I'll listen. Cause he, he, 
he might engage me at least. And, and what happens is they psychologically make a decision before the presentation ever starts, they're going to buy something from me. It might be a $30 bag of coffee, or it might be a $30,000, you know, Swiss watch. But they've made a subconscious decision that I'm worth their time. Because you got to remember too, I'm doing this on the first C day at Lyme. So you're coming from New York in January where you haven't seen the sun since mid-September. So it's the first sea day. The sun is out. The buffets are out because it's lunchtime. And I'm trying to get pulled away from that supernova and down into a dark theater so I can talk to you about stuff I want to sell you for an hour. Right? That's that's crazy. What are some things, Nick, like I want to leave people with some actionable advice. So I want to, I always ask people this because- I want people to learn from this that are not like trained salespeople, you know, like that are just kind of like, I feel like, um, again, we all are, we all have to sell something in our lives, our, our relationships, our, our wives, our, our husbands, our, our children, um, our, our employees, um, our fellow coworkers. Um, so what are some things that you would like, maybe, um, you know, have that, those people, do after listening to this? What are some things that you might have them do? And then maybe take it from the other perspective, the trained salesperson, the person who's like, I got this, Nick, Nick, I'm doing all that stuff. I I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at my, I know my product down. I'm, I'm good. Like, I don't know how Nick can help me with my pitch. I've, I've, I've been successful my entire career, you know, doing what I do. So for the, for the non, sorry, I'm making some notes here for the non, um, salesperson you sell every day I'm telling you right now you might you might have never had a sales job but you sell every day when I talk to my wife and I want Thai food for dinner I'm like honey do you want burgers do you want hot dogs or do you want Thai food I know she's gonna say no to the first two right <laughs> I've given her options yeah. I've thought about it right and what did I do and uh, everyone listening does that you, you brought up spouses and partners and of course you do that right you're like what do you actually want and then how do you persuade to get there? Position it. Um, that's exactly what that is. So for the non-salesperson, that's easy. Think about that. Next time you know what you want for dinner and some maybe for your partner, throw two things first. You know they're going to say no to. <laughs> it works. Um, what I'll tell you, though, for the, for the established salesperson and even people who are just talking to people, um, it's about how you actually physically present. And these were things I learned in radio. Right. Because I basically I went to Humber College in Toronto for two years learning how to ad lib and talk to people, but also tempo and pace and stuff. And that's one thing that people miss is that um, if I'm talking about something consistently and even if I have a great personality, but I'm trying to get through a lot of information in this demo and I'm talking at the same pace and the same tempo and the same tone and nothing changes, what happens is, is you're going to tune me out. That's going to happen without question. But... <laughs> People just turned tuned out, Nick. <laughs> Sorry, come back, come back. <laughs> but the reality is, is when I talk, I just pause there for a second, right? Everything is about tempo and pace. So if I'm talking about something, there are gonna there is gonna be times where I gotta talk a little bit fast because I got a lot to cover, but I'm gonna say something important now. One, two pause in my head. That feels like forever. But if you want to redirect someone's attention to you, pause for two seconds with something important to say doesn't have to be the most important thing, but something that's relevant to what you're talking about. But take that pause. Second thing is, is edit yourself. 
the other problem, and listen, I am a prime example. So was my father, my grandfather. They're very charismatic guys. They wouldn't shut up, right? I shouldn't say that. They, they were very good listeners. I'm teasing. But my point is, is that, you know, I've met so many great salespeople who are amazing at presenting and amazing at all these other things. But the reality is, is that they don't edit themselves, right? And it goes back to, for me, if I'm pitching in a demo, I, eight minutes is, if I haven't gotten it in eight minutes, it's, I'm talking too much. So how do you edit and then position to have them come back to you with the right question? But that tempo, pace, pausing, that's huge, huge. The other thing is, is that people, um, you know, and I teased you about this in the five on Friday, but you know, how are you set up? I'm wearing a t-shirt right now because it's, I'm on vacation. Okay. I'm hanging out with you, Alex, because I like you. Um, people buy from people I like. So I'm here hanging out with you, but I'm wearing a t-shirt. If I'm in a business call, I got a, a dress shirt and a, a suit jacket right there. Right. But people are like, they're they're I, well, I'm in my bedroom because it's the only place I can set up my zoom or it's, you know, what's your setup? How are you lit? Right? So I don't know if you're watching this right now, I got two lights, two softbox lights that I use for filming stuff, but I have them on for all my zoom calls, right? It's a little bit bright, but what it does is it lights me. So you can see my facial expressions, you can see, you know, how I'm subconsciously trying to persuade you on whatever it is I'm trying to persuade you about, because I'm really well lit, right? So it allows me to use facial features. Um, and the, here's what I'll also tell you, unless they are forced to by a superior, salespeople do not go back and watch their tape. And, you know, one thing I would do is I would always tell, you know, I've trained like 800 people to be these live pitch presenters on cruise ships. I would tell them, you need to watch your tape. And I want you to tell me four things you're going to correct from your tape that you caught to make sure that they were actually doing it. And it was so old school. It was like in 2000, people would FedEx or even mail old VHS tapes of them. We would record every presentation every week and I'd break it down. And, you know, people wouldn't watch their own stuff. So how do you self-correct? How do you find your crutch words? How do you find out if you pause at the right time? How do you do all these things if you're not watching your own tape, right? So that's those three things. Tempo pace, editing yourself, and then watching your tape. And I bet you, if you're listening and you're in sales, well, let me ask you, Alex, when was the last time you watched one of your demos? Um, uh, probably about a week or so ago. I mean, I watched, I listened to, you're new in this position. I, I, I'm new in the position and I actually did it. Like I've listened. It was the third time I listened to it. It was the first, um, demo. Um, like, well, I, I had my first two with clients yesterday and I'll be listening to those. It's hard to listen to yourself because you're like, oh, like, did I really sound like that? And I went back and listened to Five on Friday. Um, so that was the probably the other time, like about a week and a half ago that I listened to myself and I'm like, and I listened to the feedback that people gave myself. But like, yeah, like um, a sales trainer told me the exact same thing, Nick, like the best salespeople, they listen to game tape of themselves, not just other people. Because yeah, it's hard to what? give yourself like, it's easy to get feedback. It's even harder to give it to yourself. You know, I feel like the fraud, yeah. man, Eat the, yeah. suck it up. Buttercup. Eat the yeah, I know. Because here's the reality, Alex, I'll give it to you in a sports analogy, right? You're from Philly. You're an Eagles fan, right? What does Doug Peterson do? The head coach every Monday, he sits down and breaks down the tape, right? And when we talk about scouting and football, 
what do we, well, you know, I watched so much tape on this cornerback. I know that in, you know, when he's doing man to man, he's always ABC. So we're going to take advantage and exploit that. Right. It's from watching tape. Same thing. Same yeah, thing. It is. Uh, just to clarify for the, uh, the listeners, um, when people fan. say when people say where I'm from, it's a complicated question because I was born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska, moved when I was 13 wow. to outside of D.C., met my wife uh, or went to school in North Carolina, met my wife in the beach in Ocean City, Maryland. She happened to be from Pennsylvania. I moved in with her parents. We lived in Philly for 10 years. She wants me to be an Eagles fan, but because my dad grew up in outside of DC, my parents still live in Maryland. I'm a diehard, now it's Washington football team fan. And my name happens to be Alex Smith, their quarterback that, um, you know, got it into the Steelers the other night. Uh, and, and you know, who knows what, what are ha- what'll happen. But, um, and I do like watching the Eagles. I actually was there for the Super Bowl parade um, because my wife is a gigantic Eagles fan. We're a house divided. And I was in Philly on Broad Street um, watching the, uh, the, the first Super Bowl, uh, that the Eagles won. So also the Philadelphia Flyers also suck. (laughs) Oh, Canadians hate them. The broad street bullies. Um, oh man, Nick, I can, you know, it's funny, but now that I know that I have all kinds of tie-ins for you. So my cousin played hockey at university of Nebraska, Omaha. So I've been a few times. Ooh, you and know, my dad taught there. Mm. Yep. Yep. So I've spent some time in, in, in Omaha, which is a, a fun little underrated town. Um, I vote that it be the Washington Red Tails. That's my vote for the yes, Knicks. yeah, Tuskegee right Airmen, yeah, Tuskegee Airmen. So that's my vote. Not that uh, I agree. Daniel Snyder is going to have any any yeah. perspective. Yeah. But same thing. What did I just do there? Right. Yeah. My cousin played hockey at UNO. I've been there, hung out there. I had a great time in Omaha. Um, you know, I'm a football fan. So one one thing I geek out on on Sunday, I can sit down and consume six or seven hours of football. Talk to that all day. Um, just back to building rapport. So. I love it. We're bringing it back around. Um, one last thing to build rapport with the listeners before you head off. I, I ask a really fun rapport question. I feel like you're going to give an awesome answer to this. <clears throat> and it is this to, about the human that we get to listen to today. What makes you unique? We all have our unique sales styles. And this is a personal question. So it is, Nick, what is one thing that could only or would only happen to Nick Capozzi? And another way to think of it, if I asked your wife, like, what's one thing that's like, you know, you would just look at and and see and just know about Nick and be like, oh my God, that is just so Nick. Oh, wow. It could be something or an event. And this tends to stump people because they have to like really think about it. But I mean, like the story on the, uh, the, the I mean, it's got to be a cruise ship story, I feel like. Well, just there's the, so like, many, man. Yeah, I, I know, Netflix, I know. I just want to. I could be a Netflix original I know. series. No, this could be a separate couch. podcast to, to answer all these questions. Stories. Um, that's so Nick. You know what? Um, I mean, I'm always excited to talk to people. So I'm always like, Alex, how you doing? That's how I open yeah, every conversation. That, I can't help it. I like it. You know? But it's become like what people see now yeah. oh nick, oh nick, hey it's nick nick's excited to see me hey nick how are you <laughs> but that's you know that's how it is like i'm i'm going on to another call now and i can't you know i'm excited i don't want to leave you but i'm excited to say, hey tony hey ralph how you guys doing cool i love it all right that's nick's uh the one thing i love it um nick um uh, where can people find you before they head off uh you know to get started on their day if they're working out and they're you know what really right now i'm only on linkedin that's going to change there's a podcast coming if you happen to be catching this in february check out the sales pitching podcast but just connect with me on linkedin you know cool. you're, you're welcome to follow but you're also welcome to connect with me if you're a friend of alex you're a friend of mine 
Awesome. I will have all your stuff in the notes. Nick Capozzi, man, um, best uh, person I've, I've uh, really learned from getting rapport. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. I want to <laughs> we'll see about that. I don't know if I can mail it uh, to, to Phoenix. But... Hey, gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly and tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All of my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human. Thank you.